WTBN Pinellas Park, W262CP Bayonet Point. Brought to you by Moss Nissan. Some portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Odyssey. The following program was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. The superficial hearer listens to a sermon and hears something that gets his attention. He perks up. He listens to it. He receives that. He gets excited about it. And, uh, and, and uh, he gets excited about what he hears. And he starts out to joyfully do what he's just heard to obey. And he's on the road to obedience until opposition comes. And it will come. He's on the road until he hits a problem. Until he's discouraged, until he realizes that this truth demands commitment and it demands discipline. If the casual Christian really understood the truth, they could never be casual. We'll learn about that today on Verse by Verse. Thanks for tuning in. Our teacher is Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Today, Pastor Steve will be concluding another message in this series from Nehemiah 8 about the characteristics of a biblical revival. In our last session, Pastor Steve explained that sometimes the reason we don't understand the Bible or the sermon is that we resist it because it shows our sin. It takes humility to let God shine that light on us and submit to His ways. Listen as Pastor Steve explains. The way to understand the Bible is to have a wide open heart, a heart that's wide open to to all of the Word of God, regardless of how convicting it is, regardless of your situation or your sinfulness. And if you don't come to church with a heart that's wide open, then you are going to resist the truth, no matter how many times it's spoken. No matter how many times it's spoken. Someone said this, a heart, we need a heart that's unprotected from the thrust of the Spirit's Word. You don't want to protect yourself. You don't want to be defensive. You want a heart that's unprotected from the thrust of the Spirit's Word. Sword, the sword of the Spirit. Listen, if you're having trouble understanding the Bible, then it may be that you're just holding on to sin and therefore you will not receive the truth. It's a heart condition, spiritual heart condition. You won't understand it. And, and, and here's an important principle. The Holy Spirit will not illuminate it to you if you are not willing to obey He will not illuminate the word of God to you unless you are willing to obey it. You say, well, where did you come up with that? Well, I invented it. No, I have a scripture for it. John chapter 7. John chapter 7, verse 17, a great verse. Jesus said, if any man is willing to do his will, that is the Father's will, he shall know of the teaching, whether it's of God or whether I speak for myself. Jesus said, hey, if you have an open heart, you'll know the truth. Because... God will not illuminate your heart if you're not willing to obey. The Lord's not not dealing with theories. He doesn't illuminate our minds so we disobey. He gives us understanding when he knows we're ready to obey. So what we need to do is ask God. Each of us needs to ask God, is there anything, Lord, in your word that I'm not open to? Is there something, maybe I'm missing it. Is there something that I'm defensive on? Is there something that that I keep hearing and uh, I, I seem to have a problem with? Is there some sin in my life that I'm holding on to and I'm not willing to obey? 
something that's, that's impeding my understanding. Why is it that I'm thick towards some things? Is it that everybody else is wrong? And, and that could be. That could be. could be that you're right. Or could it be that this is clearly the word of God, but I can't receive it because I've got a hardness of heart. The word won't penetrate because there is a thickness like packed soil. So that may be one reason why when you listen to a sermon, you're not getting much out of it. It may be sin in your life. There's a second reason that Jesus gives for a lack of understanding, and that is not only a hard-hearted hearer, but a superficial-hearted hearer. One who's superficial. Notice verses 20 and 21. And the one on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no firm root in himself, but it is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. Warren Wiersbe in his book on parables explains the cultural background of this type of soil. I quote, the soil in Palestine lies on a thick layer of limestone where the soil is thin. The roots of a germinating seed cannot go very far. As a result, the shoot springs up quickly, but there is no root system to sustain the plant. No roots mean no water. When the sun comes up, the shoot is scorched and dies. Jesus is referring now to somebody who makes a a profession of faith in Christ, but it's merely a profession. They never counted the cost of discipleship. Uh, They were thrilled, like like the person said, how many want to go to heaven? And everybody raised their hand, okay, pray a prayer after me, and you'll go to heaven. I believe that you died for me. I mean, it goes no further than that. It never deals with sin, never deals with repentance, uh, never deals with true, genuine submission to Jesus Christ. Uh, This person is one who, uh, he really doesn't resist the truth. He doesn't resist the truth because he doesn't know enough of the truth to resist it. If he knew all the implications of the real gospel, he would reject it. And when it says he falls away, it doesn't mean he loses his salvation. He falls away from even a false profession of faith. He doesn't even claim now when persecution comes and affliction comes to believe uh, that, that he's a Christian. Now, that's an unbeliever, but this same spirit, this superficial shallowness with the word also affects believers. It's found in some believers. And it hinders us from understanding the word of God. What do I mean by this? The superficial hearer listens to a sermon and hears something that gets his attention. He perks up. He listens to it. He receives that. He gets excited about it. And, uh, and, and uh, he gets excited about what he hears, and he starts out to joyfully do what he's just heard to obey. And he's on the road to obedience until opposition comes, and it will come. He's on the road until he hits a problem, until he's discouraged, until he realizes that this truth demands commitment, and it demands discipline. And it's a man's pursuing of righteousness and perseverance. And you know what? It, it demands a lot of energy and determination. And that's when he says, I've had it. I quit. I didn't realize it was like this. I just thought I would do this, this, this. Well, he just thought wrong. He was superficial. He was shallow. You see, he only wanted a casual acquaintance with the truth. You can't have a casual acquaintance with the truth and understand it. The truth has serious implications. The word of God, you, you, can't, you can't approach it like you might a, a hobby. You can't do that or a hobby that you really aren't serious about. This is beyond a casual hobby. A deep commitment. A casual acquaintance with the truth will hinder you from understanding it because you will not take the time 
and effort to think through the implications of that truth. In other words, it costs something. Jay Adams, in one of his books, says this, Genuine Christians who fail to think through the implications of sound preaching often find that uh, they start out joyfully on an endeavor, only to quit when they encounter the first bump in the road. On the one hand, they may fail to understand because they do, they do not penetrate to the, uh, to the depths of what is preached, settling for a superficial understanding or misunderstanding of the message. Or on the other hand, giving too quick an assent to the truth without bothering to understand the life commitment that it implies. As a result, they either take wrong turns or having headed in the right direction, give up when the going gets rough. In either case, superficial understanding of what the truth is or what it demands of them leads to a faulty response to preaching. And I think that's why a lot of people don't understand the truth. It's a casual, superficial acquaintance with it. And that kind of superficial understanding of the Bible leads to a superficial Christian life, which leads to an ongoing defeat and discouragement in the Christian life. Ups and downs. Listen, the Word of God demands commitment to its truths. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Timothy 4.7, discipline yourselves for the purpose of, can you remember? Godliness. Discipline yourselves for the purpose of godliness. That means energy, determination. That means doing things and studying and obeying when you don't feel like it. I often compare it to my marathon training, which uh, is drudgery at times. It's uh, horrible at times. And uh, near the marathon, I uh, sometimes despise running. Do you know why I do it? I don't know why I do it. You know why I do it? No, I don't. I do it for discipline. I do it for a lot of a lot of reasons, but a lot of it is the discipline of it, and uh, just the the sheer discipline that it puts me under. Uh, there's no casual acquaintance for me with that. And uh, the Apostle Paul says, as an athlete approaches the discipline and the demands of it, so we are to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. You will never understand the Word of God, and you will never be godly unless there is a discipline in your life. So you can't be superficial about the truth. Listening to the Word of God and understanding it is hard work. It is hard work. It, it, it's not just me who should work on Sundays. It's you. You ought to be working on Sundays. This is not a day off for any of us. It takes effort to understand the truth and the implications of that truth. Now, it's, it's mental effort for you. A little bit different for me, but it's mental effort for you. It means asking questions in, in your own mind and then searching out the Scriptures later. Don't be superficial about the Word of God or you will be a superficial Christian. And on your deathbed, you'll have regrets that you did not pursue the Word like you should have. So why do we not understand the Word? It could be a hard heart. It could be a superficial heart. Jesus spoke about a worldly heart. Notice verse 22. And the one on whom seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the Word and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the Word and it becomes unfruitful. This person doesn't receive the Word because he's worldly. He's not worldly in the sense of of worldly activities. He's worldly in the sense of being preoccupied with the things of this world. He doesn't have time for the Word. His mind is crowded with uh, the cares of this world, making money, his image, her career, position, popularity, all those things. All those things and more. There's no room in his heart for the Bible to take root and transform his life. In other words, his, his love for the things of this world just crowd out the, the word like weeds in your lawn crowd out the good grass. They choke it out. 
There's no room for the good seed to grow. So you've got these rotten weeds there. So you've got to apply spiritual weed killer to your mind and life and, and pull them out. Caring more about things than pleasing the Lord is just going to choke out God's word from being understood and applied in your life. It's just very, very basic. There's no room in your mind to take in the Bible because your mind is already filled with the worries and cares of this world. If you come to church preoccupied with how you're going to pay your bills and how you're going to do this and how you're going to do that and uh, what's going to happen at work this week and I'm not feeling real well, so I don't know. You're not going to listen to the word. And if you don't listen to the word, you're not going to understand it. You won't be able to understand the Bible because you're concentrating on something else. You got one hour to concentrate on the word. You got to do it. It takes effort. It takes work. So when I'm teaching the word to you, you, you shouldn't be thinking about other things. You know what? And that's not easy. That's really not easy. And it takes some discipline. You have to go against, in my judgment, the culture of the day. It's a Sesame, Sesame Street mentality. You ever watch Sesame Street? Sesame Street, you know, they realize children are watching, and probably some adults, and that they don't stay on the screen for more than three or five seconds. It moves. Everything moves. On television, nothing stays put. There are always different camera angles, always this and that. See, we don't do that. You've got to look at me for an hour. And we, I'm serious. I saw a book which tells me what I can do to help you on that. I, I don't know. I'm not going to move around and have different angles and that kind of stuff. Um, I didn't buy the book. I just looked at it and decided not to buy it. It wasn't worth the money. Um, but we live in a television age, and that's why a lot of people will not listen and understand the Word of God, because they're, they're used to different camera angles and commercial breaks, and they can't think very long. It's not a generation that reads much. Reading is much better than television because you have, to, you have frozen thoughts on a page. You have to think. It's not all visual for you. It's not all laid out for you. You've got to think. There's a plot. There's a theme. There's a progression of thought. You can go back and all that. But we live in a generation not like that. So you have to make sure the culture doesn't set the agenda for you. You've got to be different. You've got to think. And you've got to concentrate. And when worries go to crowd your mind, you have the ability to say no. Paul said, think on the things that are true, the things that are good. You can think on the truth. If the Word of God says it to a believer, you've got the power to do it. It takes some discipline, and it's a habit that you cultivate. So you've got to put, as I said before, some spiritual weed killers to your mind and to to free it to listen and comprehend the Word of God. So these are some of the reasons why we may uh, have some difficulty in understanding a sermon. Now, what practical suggestions can, can you take from, from here on how you can better understand the Bible? What I told you about is something, an attitude of the heart that you need to deal with in your own life. But uh, what can you do to better understand the Bible when it's taught to you? Number one, come to church open and ready to let the word change your life. Come to church with an open mind, an open heart. In Ezra, in Ezra chapter 7, you, you don't need to turn there. Let me just quickly read it to you. Ezra chapter 7 Verse 10 says this, For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to practice it and to teach its true its statutes and ordinances. Here was Ezra. It says in verse 6, he was skilled as a scribe. Why was he skilled? Because he had studied the word and he practiced it. He, he studied it, he practiced it, he taught it. In other words, he had an open heart to it. It wasn't just theoretical to him. He was skilled. 
So you've got to come to church with a heart that's open. No matter what the word says, you're willing to obey it. Actually, as you, you look at Matthew chapter, chapter 13 again, in verse 23, the one who did receive the word, it says the one on whom seed was sown on the good soil. This is the man who hears the word and he understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some 60 and some 30. You know what that means? The fruit is the result of his understanding. This person receives the word in order to let it change his life. That's the kind of person you want to be. You will, you will understand the word if you're ready to obey the word, if you're ready to let it change your life. So that's very important. Don't hang on to your sin or you will refuse the word. I guarantee that. It was D.L. Moody who said this book will either keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. You know that great text in 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 speaks about receiving the word. 1 Peter 2, verse 1, Therefore, putting aside all malice, all guile, hypocrisy, envy, all slander, like newborn babes, long for the pure milk of the word, that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. You will never long for the word, and you will never comprehend the word as long as you hold on to those attitudes that Peter said get rid of. Get rid of. You'll never comprehend the word. It'll always be dull to you. Always be dull to you unless you deal with sin. So, so come to church with an open heart. Ask God, is there anything in my life? I may not be even be aware of it. Is there anything, any sin in my life I'm holding on to? Anything. Secondly, this is very practical. Look for the main points of the sermon. Look for the main points. I try to outline most messages. Uh, just about every message, there's a propositional statement, and then my outline goes back to that. I may say something like three key truths about holiness, and then I just tell you the three key truths. Uh, I'm really, I don't think I'm that difficult to, to follow, but it's not so much a concern that you get every little point of the outline, but you ought to, as you're listening to the main points of the sermon, jot down questions. Write on your notes, or if you write in your Bible, that's fine. Write it down. Jot down questions, observations, uh, an illustration that comes to your mind. And then, when you get home, take out a commentary, Bible dictionary, a concordance, and go over these points. If not that moment, sometime shortly after that. In other words, you go deeper and internalize these truths for yourself. It was Augustine who said this, I have flung out a few hints, he said this to his church, I have flung out a few hints, take them and work out the rest for yourselves. That's what I think I do every Sunday. I just fling out a few, a few hints of the Bible, take it for yourselves and run with it. But if you don't do that, you're not going to internalize it. You're not going to comprehend it. Number three, have a critical mind in order to evaluate if what has been said from this pulpit or any pulpit is true to the word of God. Evaluate me. And by critical mind, I'm not saying evaluate in the sense of looking for error. That, that would be, be uh, sinful, uh, criticalness, but uh, a critical mind in, that looks to affirm the truth. The Bereans were like that. Remember in Acts 17, Paul says they, they searched the scriptures, or Luke tells us they searched the scriptures daily to see whether what Paul was saying was true or not. They were looking to affirm it. They, wanted, they, they were saying, in other words, uh, this guy says this. Let's check the Old Testament and make sure that what he's telling us is, is valid. 
So you are to evaluate what is said in every sermon, and that means that you have your work cut out for you. Once again, I quote Jay Adams. He says this, The main problem with this is the laziness and lack of discipline among pampered Christians. People want truth instantly, served up warm, with little or no effort on their part to obtain it. They would prefer to have truth zapped into them at 2 a.m., while sleeping so that they might not experience any discomfort connected with the transaction and awaken the next day in full possession of it. Isn't that true? That is exactly true. But listening as the Bible everywhere describes it and as the example of the Bereans plainly indicates takes time and effort. Are you willing to listen that way? Are you willing to discipline yourself to take good notes on sermons, schedule definite times to study what was said in the light of scriptural teaching and determine whether what was said was true? God, he says, holds you responsible to do so. So let me give you an example on what you do. For example, let's say uh, I make this a statement. You know, you have to evaluate, is that his opinion or is that really what the Bible says? For example, I'll, I'll just throw out this. I thought about this this week. If I say something like this, which sounds good, I might say, if you don't have a good relationship with your father, you never will have a good relationship with God. Now, is that true or not? It sounds good, doesn't it? It sounds really good. But is that biblical? I, I, would, get, I would think that some might say, yes, it, I, I believe that. And others would say, I, I, don't, I don't know. And it's very difficult to know my mind at this point. But you don't need to know my mind. You need to know, is that biblical? But that sounds good. I've heard people say that. In fact, I've said that. But you go home and you study this further and you think about it. And you put on your thinking cap and you go deeper and you look up some things in a commentary. You look up things in a concordance. You look up in a Bible dictionary. And you know what? If you do that, you can't find that. I don't even mean that statement. I mean that concept. That is not biblical. That's not biblical. In fact, the more you study it, you'll realize that just the, the Bible teaches just the opposite. A good relationship with God will help you to have a good relationship with your parents. Just the other way just the other way. But if you never did more study on this, never did more study, you wouldn't understand this. It would just be a hazy question that would have faded with time. And you go, oh yeah, yeah. And then someone else will say that and go, yeah, is that true? And then if you don't research it out, you go on for years with a lot of fuzzy questions in your mind and you'll never comprehend it. Now, listen, understanding the Bible, like listening to it, takes work. If you are not willing to have an open heart to the truth, to take notes, to look up things later, and to learn how to use a commentary, concordance, and a Bible dictionary, then you cannot convince me that you're serious about understanding the Bible. It just isn't. You just are not serious about understanding the Bible if you can't do those things. If you can't have a willing heart to take in the truth, take some notes to look up things later, then learn how to use a commentary, a Bible, dictionary, concordance, then you can't be serious about Bible study. If you're not sure how to use those tools, then ask any of our elders, any of our staff. They'll be happy to sit down and show you how to use them. Those are three tools. They don't even cost that much. For all the money we spend on other things, spend it on that. But I exhort you to come to church prepared to learn, to come to church prepared to think, to come to church prepared to comprehend what God has said. Why? In order to go out of here implementing the word of God and letting it change your life. And that'll be our message next week as we probe further in Nehemiah chapter 8. Those are some good tools Pastor Steve mentioned. 
Let me repeat them to help us remember. First, come to church open and ready to let the Word change your life. Second, look for the point of the sermon. And third, have a critical mind so you can evaluate if what you hear is true to Scripture. Let's pray. Father, help us to listen to sermons and to read our Bibles with active minds, open to apply what we hear and read so we can steadily become more and more like Jesus. Amen. It was good to have you here today for Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. If you're interested in learning more about Lakeside, call the office at 727-441-1714 or go online to lakesidechapel.com. You can also ask for a free audio CD with the sermon Pastor Steve just finished by calling that number. Once more, it's 727-441-1714. Ask for message 4416, Understanding God's Word. Also, you can get caught up on all the lessons so far in this series at versebyverseradio.org. You'll find them in the message archive. And there's also a giving page if you'd like to help support Verse by Verse. Thank you for your gifts and your prayers. That's Verse by Verse Radio, 